Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everyone. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio on the CBS Play It Network. And I am extremely excited because we have Peter Vug today. And this guy is amazing. As a matter of fact, I'm going to use a word that he loves to use, and, and the word is huge. This is going to be a huge interview on Amazing Business Radio today, and this is why we call it amazing, because Peter is a young guy, recognized uh, as one of the top young stars in the world uh, of the entrepreneurial world. This guy has his own online TV show called The Entrepreneur Grind. Uh, He is the founder of the Game Changers Academy. Here's what's interesting about Peter. He was 15 when he started his first business. By the age of about uh, 23, after, by the way, he went broke, uh, he started to make Make money. How much money? He had a six-figure income. Now, that was basically at a very young age, but what's more impressive is just a little over three years later, he was making over a million dollars a year. Now, I'm a little bit of a capitalist. I admit it. So I get excited when I hear about young people doing so well. I want to know what they're doing right. I want to know how they did it. And I want to know what lessons I can learn from these people that I can apply to my business. And I don't care if you're an entrepreneur, if you work for a small company, if you work for a big company, if you, you know, whatever you're doing, you need to be thinking a certain way to be successful. And I think this is what we're going to get out of this show today. So Peter has a new book that's coming out pretty soon called The Entrepreneur blueprint to massive success and he's also written a great book called six months to six figures which has been an international bestseller so peter welcome to amazing business radio we're glad to have you on the show thanks chef glad to be here and excited to share this time with you we always have a great time connecting yeah, I've been talking to you quite a bit, and there is no doubt that you are a fired-up guy, very motivated, and we just had a great interview about productivity. We may need to get into some of that, but let's let's talk about your books for just a moment. And and as much as they are focused about you know entrepreneurship, I think there's something here for everybody. And why should someone get your books? And what makes your books better or different than others? Good question. So I think for the last ten or twelve years, Chef, I've been very observant and aware of what's needed. And luckily, I was able to train around 5,000 people um, at my previous position in a direct sales company. And I saw trends and I saw things people needed. I saw what people's hot buttons were. I saw in entrepreneurship what wasn't talked about enough. And I saw a lot of books that had fluff in it and books that were great for the mindset, but not really anything that's focused on how to make money as an entrepreneur and doing it quick where there's a fast implementation. So I wanted to create something that kind of filled that void. And after surveying a lot of entrepreneurs and being around a lot of people, I think what separates it is it's very, very tactical and comprehensive, whereas it's based on experience and results and past success and failure. And it's, for me, being in the trenches, along with a lot of trial and error, there's no BS, no fluff, no academic theories. It's more real-world, tactical, hardcore strategies from my experience of of really going broke and being stressed out to building a multi-million dollar business. And, and also it's, it's more relevant to what works now, not 32 years ago. We get that fundamentals, I know, don't change, but some of the skills needed to thrive in entrepreneurship have changed these past couple of years. And what it took to succeed a couple of years ago, some of those things don't work as well anymore. So it's really adaptive to the new economy 
And I think just the relevance as well, Shep, separates it from other books. And then the simplicity of it. The book is focused on helping people rise above the noise in a very simple but powerful way. And I think simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Me and you have talked about this, and I explain very simple terms, and there's an action guide along with it where it's focused on mastery versus overload. And every single chapter is simplified. There's an implementation plan they can take. And they can see results. They can then teach it to others. So it's in a simple framework as well. Right. So that's some of the things that I feel separates it. And simple isn't doesn't mean it's easy. Just because you give me a simple plan, no. it might be difficult to implement. But it is simple. And if you just follow it, the other thing I love is that you said no. Well, there is theory because everything behind the tactics is based on some theory. But it's not about theory. I feel the difference between people that are really successful and those that aren't are basically those that aren't keep talking about it and those that are are actually doing something about it. And the talkers are talking theory. They're strategizing. They're theorizing. It's the people that do that and then take it to the next level, which is the tactical, which is where they implement. That's what makes the difference. That's where the rubber hits the road. Oh, 100%. And that's why everything is based on things that I know have worked for me and that I've seen work based on trial and error. So there's no, I read it in a book and I'm hoping it works. It's more tactical and, and things that are proven, which I'm glad you hit on that. And you're, you're, you're totally right. You have to execute and not just be a thinker. You have to execute and focus on implementation of the knowledge that you learn as well. So execution's big. And again, I mean, you're talking primarily to people that are in an entrepreneurial mindset, but I want you to think about the job that you have. If you're on your way to work listening to the show and you're on your way to your job where you work for someone else, think about it based on a project and not based on maybe a a whole company and, and a business. And think about what are you strategizing about that you should be doing something about and maybe the difference between you getting that next promotion or you taking your company to another level is the difference between thinking and doing. So love the concept of of tactics. I think tactics are very, very important in business. And by the way, all those executives and those leaders at the top who say, you know what, my job is to be very strategic and and, thinking. Theor, you know, very, very theoretical, for lack of a better term. I believe that's that's somewhat true. However, and we've talked about this before, Peter, the most productive people, they delegate. So what you're going to do is you're going to delegate mm-hmm. off the tactics. And that will be the difference between a successful business and one that's not. Or a successful leader is they delegate to people who can implement. Or a solo entrepreneur that's making the decision, I want to move forward. They have to do something about it. They just can't think about it. I love that you hit that very clearly. It's so true. So let's talk about a little of your background. Uh, You started the business at age 15, your first business. I actually started when I was about age 12, but I want to know what you did when you were 15 and what did you, what inspired you to become entrepreneurial at that point? Uh, Yeah, good question. And you beat me by three years, dang it. You got a three-year edge on me. Yeah, but you're you're younger than I am. You've still got a long way to go. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So so the reality... To be honest, it started as a hobby. I loved buying and selling, and I just liked selling things. It just was intriguing to me. And I loved Air Jordan shoes back in the day. I had a knack for getting deals. So the turning point for me, Chef, I'll simplify it, is a couple of my friends worked for my dad doing construction. I remember one day when I was um, piling sand and we were just helping him uh, do a construction job. I-, I was so tired of just hard labor. I'm like, you know, Dad, I got some stuff to do. And he- he's not stupid. He knew I wanted to check my eBay and get out of it. So he let me get out of it. And 
to my surprise, I had made $91 that week online uh, selling shoes on eBay. And I immediately calculated how much money my friends had made working eight hours for my dad that day, and it was $63. So, so my 15-year-old mind was a little confused. I'm thinking, okay, I, I just put this online and made $91 without, how, without any hard labor, and it took me 15 minutes. And my friend worked his butt off for eight, nine, ten hours and made $60. And I just thought to myself, wow, this, this business, this entrepreneur thing is intriguing and it might work for me. And I realized years later, Chef, that it, it has to be understood that I didn't get paid just for posting on eBay. I get paid for the courage to think differently and take a risk. So that kind of opened up a new way of thinking for me and introduced me to business and entrepreneurship which really, for me, uh, saved my life because up to that point, I felt like an outcast and fool. I couldn't pay attention, and uh, I kind of rebelled against those trying to control me. And people were putting labels on me, and, and I, it was just it was challenging at school. And I realized that entrepreneurship it almost is the opposite of some school where you want to be differentiated. You want to think different, think outside the box, when in school you're reprimanded. So it's interesting how that works out. But that's kind of my start was that turning point. Well, I love that. And what I love is, you know, you, you said, wow, uh, I just made $91, My, fr- you know, working the eight-hour day, I could have made 60 And that you were, you know, it wasn't that, it, it wasn't so easy to put it on there. Is it you knew to do it, you had the courage to do it. And sometimes it's, you know, I asked somebody once, why, what's holding you back? Something's bothering you. Mm-hmm. What? I mean, you are such a smart guy, I asked this gentleman. And he said, you want to know what holds me back? Is I'm afraid of success. I mean, what mm-hmm. you you weren't afraid of success. You took a chance. You tried something. It worked, and then I bet you did it again. And you figured out if it worked once, what can I do to create a system to replicate this one success? So, is that where your mind was going? Tell me if I'm wrong. Oh, 100 percent. You're right on. I mean, because I was like, wow, how can I make this even more effective, and how can I do this more often? So I really didn't have to get a normal job like like most of my friends. And it wasn't that it was the like, easy way out. It was it was uh, just another way out. You know, I I did magic shows. Uh, Twelve years old, I, I started my birthday party magic show business. Oh, wow! By the way, not nearly wow. as cool as saying, "Hey, at fifteen, I started my online technology, you know, eBay retail business." But let me tell you, by by the I don't age know, magic show is pretty cool, man. Yeah, and yeah. By, by the age of fourteen or fifteen, I was making as much as my teachers were making. And one of, the, one of the cool things, and, and it sounds to me like you got a little bit of the work ethic because your dad had you work on a construction site. When I was a kid, mm-hmm. I worked for my grandpa at his drugstore when I was a really little kid, and, I, and that was kind of fun. I just like being with my grandpa. But when I was 15, I worked on a towboat. That is the worst job I ever had in my entire life. And when I came home after a month, and I was on that boat for 30 days, and in that 30 days I worked two shifts a day, six on, six off, six on, six off. Uh, I was the only guy on the boat that didn't have a prison record. I mean, it was a rough deal. Okay. (laughs) And I came home and this is what my mom said. What did you learn? And I said, I learned, I don't want to work on a towboat. She says, no, you learned you want to own the towboat. How is that for a great lesson? (laughs) Wow. And so I said, yeah, she said, you want to be an owner. That's what you want to be. And I thought, wow. And and I was kind of doing that with my own little business, but I didn't realize it. And uh, here I am today, own my own business. And I wonder, you know, and Peter, I'm going to tell you the truth. I've never told that story on the air to anyone. You're the first. And and you know what? Hey, who's doing the interview? (laughs) There's a first for everything. And I love the authenticity and and bringing something new to the table. That's, That's exciting. 
All right, so 15 years old, you're making your business. At what point uh, did you, you know, you had a stumbling block. Uh, what point did things start to turn? Uh, by age of 22, you were just flat broke. What happened? Good question. It's funny. I'm not joking. Like, when you say that and I go back to that moment, I get chills. It kind of brings me to an emotional state. I'm sure you have that where certain things you think about are kind of like pretty deep embedded in you. I remember I was rocking it and, and I was I was doing well and then I got into uh, direct sales and really uh, I had all my savings uh, I had I think nine or ten grand which isn't a ton but I had that kind of dwindled because I thought energy and and my ambition and uh, my I guess all the things I was excited about my passion were going to help me succeed and you need more than that so for me I got in without a real strategy or any real mentors and just started working. I didn't have the focus and intention that I had with my previous business. So the reality is I went broke, I got stressed out, and I was working 50 hours a week, Chef. And our society says, well, if you're not doing well, just work more. So I worked 60 hours a week. I didn't see my results going up. I worked 70 hours a week and up to 80. And eventually I was so, I was just stressed out. I was burnt out. I was discouraged. I was struggling. And I really... I felt hopeless. I didn't even have enough money to get a drive-through from Wendy's. But I remember going to a seminar a little bit before that. And I was one night, I just got so fed up, Chef. I was just looking in my computer. I was sitting on my bed. It was just a mattress, no box spring, sitting on my bed and looking through my notes like, what is it? How, what are these people doing that I'm not doing? I'm working my tail off. I'm not getting results. What is going on? And I saw a quote that really changed the game for me. And I'll never forget it. I say it a lot, but it's if you want to be a millionaire, study billionaires, you'll get there quicker. And I said, oh, my gosh. And I realized my circle of influence was not congruent to where I wanted to go. You probably weren't even hanging around thousandaires. You might have been hanging around hundredaires. No. <laughs> yeah, broke people. I'm not joking. And they were making it okay to have mediocrity. Hey, it's okay. You're only 21. You're only 22. Don't worry about it. Most people your age are broke. I'm yeah, like, yeah, but, you're right. But, you but then know, I realized... If you're hanging around people, you are who you're with. There's no doubt about that. We're going to take a real short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about this turning point and what you actually did to move from broke to smoke. And that's smoking, not smoking from a cigarette. But you were successful. You were uh, you, you turned it around. You were making not six figures, but seven figures within a very short period of time. And that's something I'm sure that would inspire a lot of entrepreneurs. But I also think that your mindset, I, I mean, you just gave us a great lesson, Peter. And that was essentially people said it was okay to be the way you were because they were probably that way too. And you were in a group. And so it was all fine. But you knew you wanted to break out. This is Amazing Business Radio on the CBS Play It Network. My name's Shep Hyken. Don't go away. We're going to be right back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here, and we are back on Amazing Business Radio, and we are talking with Peter Vood, who is an amazingly successful entrepreneur at a very, very young age. And he just told us how uh, he was 
somewhat successful as a teenager, and he loved making $90 instead of his friends making 60 while he's on the computer doing a little eBay business, and they're out there working construction for eight hours a day. And it wasn't that he was looking for the easy way out, but he was looking for a smarter way. And sometimes smarter is not always easier. Sometimes smarter is. Sometimes you just do smarter a lot more often, and you have better results than those that work hard uh, for a long time. And now we're going to hear more about his success story as he turned it around. So what was the driving force that turned around from basically a failure to success? You were flat broke. Uh, you didn't have much money. People were telling you that's okay because you're a kid. And you said, not not okay. Uh, love the advice. If you want to learn uh, how to be a millionaire, start studying billionaires. And uh, what, what did you do to turn it around? Yeah, so, I mean, I had two options. I can abandon entrepreneurship and try something else and settle for an average job and build someone else's dream, or I could figure it out. So that's it. I had two choices. So I made the definite decision to figure this entrepreneur thing out, and I immediately made a list of the top five industry leaders, the people in my industry that had the lifestyle that I wanted, that had the same values, that were crushing it, that were productive, that were really living a life of significance and, and maximizing the results. And from then it was over. When I elevated my circle of influence, my standards followed, and I really wanted to design my future and create uh, my dream opportunity versus take what's given. So when I was in the struggle, Chef, it was tough to see a clear path to success, but I started letting my vision guide me, not my current circumstances. And I found a mentor to cut my learning curve in half, and I realized that a smart person learns from their mistakes, as all successful people do, but those who operate at a world-class level learn from other people's mistakes so they can cut their learning curve in half. And so I got really clear on who I was, what my strengths were, who I needed, and what I wanted. And I immediately made a six-month plan, and I reverse-engineered with very deep precision exactly what I had to do monthly and down to weekly to reach that six-figure mark. But the biggest key was I was connecting now with five or six other people that were making well over six figures. So I cut my learning curve in half and got to that six-figure mark actually within five, five and a half months. Wow, and you're learning from other mistakes. So tell me about your mentors. Who were they? Where'd you find them? And again, uh, I, I emphasize, I don't care what you do for a living, who you work for, or if you work for yourself, mentors, both personal and professional, will take you to the next level and make your life more fulfilled and better almost every time. And by the way, I'm just going to make this pitch. If you're being mentored, it is your obligation to eventually, if you're not already doing it, mentor others, pay it back. Mm -hmm. So tell me about your mentors. So yeah, I was, I got up to the six figure mark and I was, I hired a mentor and I actually stalked the mentor, should I say, I was being relentless. He stalked the mentor. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I had to be mentored by him. Anyways, his name's Jordan Weirs and he's a uh, business uh, executive businessman from Las Vegas. He was living in Laguna Beach at the time, but he was a multimillionaire who made his first million when he was 21, and he was only 28. So I reached him out, and I really wanted to be mentored by him just to learn the business, learn entrepreneurship, learn how to really think and act like a CEO and executive, not a college kid. And that was a huge key. And also, when I was transitioning and building my brand online, I reached out to Gary Vaynerchuk, and luckily he gave me... 45 minutes of his time, and it really changed my life back in, I think it was 2009. He was at an airport, and I was connecting with him and asking him questions, and, and some of the wisdom he shared, I'll just, I'll never forget. 
so Gary Vaynerchuk, um, Jordan Weirs. What did Cardone, Jordan do, by the way? We, Gary, Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk uh, started uh, an online business, Wine.com or something similar to that, but now he's recognized as a major force in social media, marketing, advertising, PR. Uh, tell me about Jordan. Yeah, so he had an investment firm, and he, he, it's called Savant Investment Partners, so he owned a huge private equity firm, but he also was a speaker and he traveled and he had a, a speaking business. He's done some stuff with Tony Robbins and he, he's super high level in that area just for a couple of years, but he branched off and now he does investments in real estate, but just a super, super sharp, very, very educated businessman. And that's really what it was for me that, that helped me. And it's funny, it's just a quick story. I had after nine, 10 months, I had a hundred grand saved, uh, well over a hundred grand saved. I'm 23 years old now, Shep. And I'm thinking I'm on top of the world. I have a hundred grand plus saved. And Jordan's like, that's not much. What are you doing? I mean, you, you could be making a lot more than that if you scaled and you did the right business. And I'm like, wow. So he totally raised my standards to where I was okay. I might even got complacent if he wasn't there to really elevate my standards. So he was just there to really teach me the ins and outs of business and help me elevate my standards and my game to the next level. You know, a lot of people at 23 years old, when they have $100,000 in the bank, they're probably not thinking about what they can do to multiply it. They're thinking what they can spend it on. They're thinking about the party. They're thinking about, you know, the the fancy car. You know, uh, Ed McMahon, uh, who you probably may not even know because that was before your time, but Ed McMahon was a sidekick to Johnny Carson. He used to always have this uh, do this impression of W.C. Fields. And this may sound a little sexist, but, but uh, this is what he used to say. Uh, Big cigars, fancy cars, and lots of girls. Money and time is all I'm going to spend. And I just thought that was, um, you know, it just it hit me the wrong. I, I thought it was a funny quote, okay, from somebody that's super, super successful and maybe a little bit hedonistic. And what I would think as a kid, 23 years old, 100,000 bucks in the pocket, they're going out and buying fancy cars and, and you know, and just trying to be uh, the guy to look at. And, and it's all ego. But it sounds like Jordan knocked you down a little bit. Oh, for sure. Definitely. He, he was very tough on me and did not let me slide with anything. He held me accountable. And it was it really did change my entire life as far as my standards, my focus, my discipline, um, my ability to network and my ability to just be more articulate with everything I say and what I do and just being more strategic. So, yeah, a mentor changed my life for sure. You know, one of my mentors was a gentleman named John Ferrara who's passed away. He was a great guy, and I have had several great mentors in my life. And I showed him the car that I wanted to buy when I was about 28 years old, and he says, what are you thinking? What do you think people are going to think when they see you driving around in that car? And I started thinking, well, they're going to think I'm really successful. And, and he said, what do you care if they think you're successful? You need to know yourself you're successful. I live in a great apartment building, and the guy next to me is a professional football player that makes over $50 million a year. We're not on the penthouse, and he could very well be. And when he signed that big contract, he actually had his dad come with him to show him the condominium he was going to buy. And it was on the top floor. And uh, – his dad said to him, you are too young to have a penthouse. <laughs> and I thought, wow. I remember when my buddy John Ferrara told me I was too young to have that fancy sports car. And you know what? I bought a much more conservative car. And eventually, uh, I've never bought the fancy, fancy sport car. But I bought nice, expensive cars. But, you know, I've kind of felt that I wanted to have uh, understated elegance 
you know, uh, be a little bit more conservative. And I've played my life that way. And it sounds to me like if you saved $100,000 at age 23, you're probably a saver. So I can only imagine that that's probably carried forward in your life. Oh, 100 percent. 100. And I'm very big on making sure I'm intentional and intelligent with my money. And I was I learned at a young age to think and act like a millionaire, but live like a broke college student as long as you can until the income and the lifestyle and the scalability catches up. And that wow. was a big lesson. For me. That's that's great. So we're learning a lot here. Mentors are important. Uh, you, you, you are who you hang around with. And maybe it's important to break away, not so much to break away from friends, but to break away from the way they think, because sometimes that's what's going to hold you back, because your best friends are going to tell you everything's fine. It's your mentors. It's the people that you ask for help from. If they're good people and they're honest with you, they'll tell you, hey, you can do this. You're not doing it right. You are doing it right. This is where you can be. So tell me, and and we're going to take a short break in just a few minutes, but before we do, you know, there's, um, you've handled failure, obviously, and you handled it well. Was there one thing that you can think of that made it easier for you to handle that failure? Because you probably were pretty humiliated when you didn't have any money. Oh, yeah, 100%. And it's not just common. I think when I realized that failure was a part of success, Shep, I started approaching it differently. So I think how you respond to failure determines what happens next for you. And and I realized at a younger age that a high tolerance for stress and failure was a skill that successful people are paid for. So how do you get that skill? Yeah, good question. So I personally handle, handle failure a couple different ways. First, it's awareness, shifting the perspective, realizing it's a crucial part of growth, and it can be a good thing if approached with the right perspective. And not only does failure give you a better perspective, but a fresh perspective, it gives you a different one that you had before. So when you understand failure is a good thing, you take it on with courage and confidence, and you become wiser, and you have a higher sense of who you are, what you've been through, and what decisions to make moving forward. And I also handle it by staying loyal to my vision. As I approach failure, I keep the strong vision, even when it doesn't seem like it's unfolding the right way. And even when other people are not approving things, I still stay focused on the vision, even when I'm going through failure. And the common theme here is those who understand the importance of staying true to who they are, their vision, their values, when things get tough, and even when people are doubting them, they're the ones that see the big success most people don't see. So you should always be in my experience, you should always be building your confidence, increasing your certainty, and not being too tough on yourself during failure. It should strengthen your commitment. And most people, I think I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs and CEOs beat themselves up, but the select few leverage failure for even greater success. Yeah, you learn so from failure. It's, it. it's part of it, too. I mean, part of success, I mean, you can't be perfect. Perfect is not realistic, but the pursuit of it is realistic. It's just recognize yep. that along the way, you're going to have stumbling blocks. You know, the perfect season is great, but the perfect career for a, an athlete probably doesn't happen because they, they are, there will be losses, there will be setbacks, and it's how you handle them. It's the mindset you have, and it's the recognition that you can learn from them, and they will make you stronger. We are talking with Peter Vu. We are talking about, oh, boy, all kinds of subjects from mentors to dealing with failure to dealing with success to entrepreneurship. This is what Amazing Business Radio is all about. We're going to take a really short break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. 
This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Peter Vu. We are talking about all things entrepreneurial. And if you're not an entrepreneur, don't worry about it because this is the kind of information you need to take yourselves, your careers to the next level. Listen to what Peter has to say. Now, uh, he has some great advice on how to earn money, save money. Uh, we've talked about his mindset. Uh, Peter, you, I know you, I've heard this before. You offer some tips uh, on how to maximize your income. You know, what are your best suggestions on how to, how to do that as quickly as possible? Because I know that's something that probably a lot of people would like to know. Yeah, really good question. I'm glad you hit on this. And I get this question quite a bit. We even surveyed a pretty big amount of entrepreneurs. And one of the things that they wanted to focus on, they were struggling, was income. So one of my favorite quotes ever is Zig Ziglar. He says, money isn't everything, but it's right up there with oxygen. I like, like that. The funniest and, quote. You know, so what yeah, they say, money isn't. What do they say? Money isn't everything. They said, uh, money, money won't make you happy. No, is that what? Money can't buy every. What I can't remember. Something about happiness. What can happiness buy? Is what I want to know. But, but you, you know, money is. Uh, I, it doesn't matter. I'm going off on a tangent I here. Think our, but, yeah, I'm trying to think of what that is. I know what you're talking about. I can't think of it right, either. Right, Maybe right. we'll think of it before the end. Money can't buy happiness, but what can happiness buy? But the truth is, the truth is, money may not be able to buy happiness, but money allows you to make choices, to have options, to uh, make good decisions, and sometimes makes it easier to make tough decisions. It allows you to do sometimes nicer things. And everybody wants to make a little bit more money. So you've got some suggestions on how to maximize and and, uh, ramp up on income opportunities. And the reality is the topic of wealth and income or making money is often discussed in a negative light or it's not talked about enough. And our society is afraid of being greedy or money hungry. But what must be understood is money is a crucial part of freedom. And I personally know, Chef, what it's like to have absolutely nothing and not be able to pay my bill and what it's like to have a great amount of income where you have security and financial freedom. So it's a lot more enjoyable. So the first thing I think people need to realize, and I'm going to give some pretty tactical, straightforward tips, is you need to stop doing what you're doing if it's proven that it doesn't create income. We all know the saying, insanity is doing the same thing over and over while expecting a different result, right? But if you're not satisfied, the first thing you need to do is stop doing what you've been doing because it's not creating the income that you want and it's created your current reality. So stop doing what's not producing income and start doing things that have been proven to create income for you. And that's the first step is to stop doing what you're doing and analyze and reevaluate where you're spending your time. Number two, I think that's huge, is don't let money define you. Oh, this was a game changer for me, Shep. Your self-worth has nothing to do with your finances, okay? Whether you have a negative bank account or $5 million in the bank, your confidence shouldn't waver. If anything, your confidence needs to increase when you're stressed out so you're motivated to never, ever feel that stress again. I think being wealthy is a state of mind, but so is being broke. Right. So you I, are I go with that. I'll tell you what, broke is a oh, bad state huge. of mind to be in, I will tell you that. If you feel like you're broke, I know, I just recently had a conversation with a guy that has at least, and he told me, he has $2 million in the bank, and he's got equity in his home, and he's worried about retirement. He says, Shep, i got to keep working. He said, you know, I had a couple of bad years in the market, and now things are down. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm thinking I have to sell my house. I said, oh, poor little you. You've got $2 million in the bank and a million in equity in your home. <laughs> 
okay, uh, so maybe sell your home and move into a little smaller home. Is that really going to change your lifestyle? You know, maybe put a yeah. few extra bucks in the bank. And, you know, when we put it in that perspective, he viewed himself as poor because he wasn't as rich as he used to be. And he was definitely so it's, it's not poor. It is in perspective. And you know what? I know some people that don't earn a lot of money that are so much more happier than some of my friends that earn a tremendous amount of money. I feel blessed and oh, lucky. Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a happy I'm – ha- I love what I do. Peter, you love what you do. The, the, the stuff that you and I have chosen to do, we've chosen to do it. It isn't like I need yep. a job. I'm going to go apply to 14 different places and hope one of them hires me. And guess what? I now get stuck in this job for the rest of my career simply because I didn't choose to make a choice. I choose. I chose to just get a job. Definitely, I love that. And, All right, and that's so crucial. And, and it is perspective. I mean, I, do you want me to go through? A couple yeah, of yeah. You said stop doing what isn't advice. working. Stop uh, letting money define yourself. Stop doing what you're doing. Stop mm-hmm. letting money define you, and then start prioritizing your profit. Be more purposeful. When you set up your weekly schedule, make sure you start with your income-producing activities. Of all your activities, 20% will account for 80% of your income, and you guys have all learned this already, but figure out what those are and really think about the top two or three things that have been proven to create income and put those in your schedule consistently as non-negotiables so whether you're transitioning out of your job, whether you want to do something different or whether you just want to make more income, you at least know that you're making consistent income week in, week out, whether you feel like it or not. So constantly ask yourself if what you're doing is profitable and focus on doing what you should versus what you feel. And, and I also want to remember or remind people that in, impact does drive income as well. So that's the next thing. And I think starting to place a higher value on your time is a huge key to increased income and productivity. I think time is more valuable than money because you can always get more money, but you can never get more time. And it really is possible to become twice as valuable and make twice as much money because you're investing in yourself and realizing that we all have the same 24 hours. And what you do in that 24 determines everything about your future, your net worth, your bank account, and your income. Are you leveraging the right things? Where in your business should you be focusing on 10x growth? versus just incremental growth. And asking yourself the tough questions and placing a higher value on your time is, is crucial to increasing your net worth. And then this goes with it. It's okay to say no. I think saying no is a way to free up time to do things that are higher value or higher leveraged. I think Steve Jobs, yeah, Steve Jobs said it once, what made Apple, Apple was what they said no to, right. not what yeah. they said yes to. You know, all the and great so ideas crucial. that they didn't do because they weren't great mm-hmm. enough for Apple, but boy, others would love it. That is, th- this is unbelievable advice, exactly. unbelievable, and I and I shouldn't even call it advice. This isn't advice. This is your experience, and, and you're sharing it. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if nothing else, just the last five minutes, and I sure hope everybody who started this uh, listening to the show is, is, is here right now listening to us because this is powerful, powerful information. To use your word, this is huge. So we are just about <laughs> out of time, but I want to end on a huge note. I always ask everybody at the end of the show, uh, what is the one thing? If you could just share one more idea, one more tip, one more suggestion, and we've got a few minutes, so don't think you've got to do this in about 30 seconds, but what would it be? Really good question. I think the biggest thing for me was to shift from complexity to simplicity and gain absolute clarity on exactly when I wanted why. So what I want to teach is it's called the one-page productivity plan, 
and all you want. You want to get everything out of your head, all the noise out of your head, and simplify into a one-page productivity mastery plan, okay? So what you want on, and the key is you're letting your vision and your values guide you, not your current circumstance. So the first thing you want is, what's your ideal outcome in six months? What's the ideal vision for you and your business and your lifestyle in six months? Write a simple paragraph of your ideal vision. Then right below that, Shep, you want to write your top three values that you live by, the things that are most important to you, family, lifestyle, legacy, financial freedom, adventure, whatever it is. Write down your, not other people's values, your values that you want to live by. What's important to you. Yep. Exactly. The key here is building a business around your values and lifestyle, not settling and doing the other way around like most people. The next thing, here's the crucial one, is your big five. What are your big five for the next six months? What are the things that you've committed to doing that you would be proud and excited to complete and things that you've sold yourself on for the next six months? Are these choices that you make, the the five things that you want, or is this five things you're being told? No, the big five. Five, The big five, so it'd be like hitting a sales quota. It'd be like finishing your book. So five goals. Okay, five goals. Got it. Your big five, I call them. And then your compelling reasons. So now you have to realize that reasons come first, results come second. So now you put your top five most compelling reasons that internally drive you right below that. So now you know why you want to hit those big five and what the importance of them are. And lastly, it's the key key behaviors and habits that are most congruent to everything above that that's going to help you get to your goals quicker. And you laminate this thing. You look at it every single day before you start your day and when you go to bed. And I think this was the biggest breakthrough for me. And another thing, too, is just telling yourself right now matters. The number one reason I don't think people succeed at the highest level is they never tell themselves now matters. Most people, Chef, spend the first half of their life saying they're too young and the second half saying they're too old. But once you tell yourself now matters and you simplify everything to what really matters, that's when you're going to start changing the game. Wow. Unbelievable. Now, is this information found in your book? Uh, yes. I definitely talked about this because I think it was so crucial for my growth that I did simplify it and put it into the book. Great. And, and it's which book and, is it? Is it the new one, The Entrepreneur's Blueprint to Massive Success? Yeah, The Success? Entrepreneur Blueprint. Yeah, and they can get a free copy at theentrepreneurblueprint.com or theentrepreneurbreakthrough.com. Sorry, they get a free copy. And I'm giving them my productivity blueprint I created too um, just for them. Okay, let me make sure I understand this. You're giving this away. Yes. Okay. The entre- say the website again. www.entrepreneurbreakthrough.com. Yeah, the entrepreneurbreakthrough.com. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200 until <laughs> you get the entrepreneurbreakthrough.com free uh, blueprint for success. You've got to do it. I mean, you, you can't afford not to do it. So, Peter, I love it. I you, appreciate that, Chef. You have you have given us a wealth of information uh, in just a short period of time. I know that as as we read your book, it's going to be incredible. If we were going to get directly in touch with you, would we do it through this website, or is there another place to do it? Yeah, they they will get an email from me, and they can uh, respond there, or they could follow me on Twitter, Peter Vug twenty three. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn, but I'd love to connect. So, GameChangersMovement.com has my contact info as well. And uh, thanks again for having me, Chef. I love what you're doing and, and much respect to the impact you're making as well. well. 
Peter, this is why we call it Amazing Business Radio, because this has been an amazing interview, an amazing learning experience. I hope everybody took a lot of notes. And if you didn't take a lot of notes, this is available on the CBS Play It Network and just about anywhere that you can find a digital show, podcast, iTunes, whatever. This is information you need to hear and you need to act on. My name's Shep Hike, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Peter, thank you for being on the show. And remember, always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.